Hey, good afternoon. It's beautiful here in Vancouver right now. Just took Lucy for a walk and I was thinking about some of the questions that you've been asking when I posted in this group in the community and I was really pondering on what the response would be. I really want to make sure that every single day that I'm giving you some sort of a content that's going to continuously bring you back into yourself because I don't take the attention that you give to this uh, community and to these, uh, these trainings, I don't take the attention lightly. Now let me know, give me a thumbs up if the sound is working. If it's working okay, I'll continue because I really want to answer these questions. Talking about anxiety, I'm going to be talking about living your values versus um, Abandoning yourself, Aaron kept asking this, uh, and he's he's been asking me for a while, and I really want to help him, especially within the context of work and relationships. Hey, Yanni, can you hear me? Okay, does it does it sound all right? Um, and then we're going to be talking. Uh, uh, Kathy asked about you know this susceptibility feeling that we have, think it towards what other people think and feel about us. Thank you, Yanni, for for other people think and feel about us. We become very susceptible to it. So how do I not get so sensitive to what, what other people are <clears throat> saying and thinking? <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, Caleb was asking about the importance of routines. And this all, uh, but of course, it all fits together beautifully for you. So it's my intention that by the end of this call, you have a deeper sense of self, a deeper groundedness in yourself. You understand yourself a lot more. Um, and you feel, hey, I got this. It's really what I want to have you experience on the end of every one of these trainings because it's these concepts are relevant for every human being because we're dealing in the realm of the nervous system. You live your life through your nervous system. And I want to help you help help you help yourself regulate your anxiety, but by totally reframing what anxiety is. Anxiety, the old model now that you're in this community we're in the conversation of anxiety doesn't actually as exist as an entity or a disease or a disorder that we have to eliminate okay anxiety is a message anxiety is <clears throat> is a call to action all right and basically anxiety is a prolonged trigger so something happened there is a trigger that happened last week to 20 years ago Okay, last week, 20 years ago, three months ago, and maybe it was during a divorce. Something happened where there was a trigger, and now your body has now gone into a state of alarm, and all of your protective parts are up online. And they're really useful. It's like the Navy SEALs. Okay, they're useful. They're a survival and adaptive and very wise, intelligent part of our nervous systems, and they're there to protect us. Right? That's basically what happens. It's a state of alarm that happens in the body. And the, the feeling is so horrific in the body that we our minds try to make sense of it. So they start to make sense of these feelings and sensations. So what do they do? They go and they create stories. I'm not safe. <clears throat> I'm not lovable. Uh, I'm a bad person. And those feelings and meanings are really uncomfortable for us. We, we don't really like to deal with them. They're incredibly, actually, if you think about it, they're actually painful to think about. Uh, resentment, 
the anger and rage that you feel towards somebody is very painful physically so we either we think that if we're angry and resentful we're gonna get sick and we wanna avoid those feelings so we push those feelings put them into a box put them in saran wrap and then just kinda tuck them away because they're so uncomfortable to us right here perhaps you uh, experience something very horrific and disgusting and you have some guilt and there's shame around that right and all of a sudden you're you know eight years old or whatever and you experience that and because it's so horrific you then dissociate it from your body so that you don't have to deal with those feelings My, wouldn't your eight-year-old self do that it makes sense that your eight-year-old self would would have that response it's a perfectly normal perfectly understandable survival mechanism when we're encountered with feelings and emotions we don't really know anything to do we don't know what to do with and they're incredibly painful and uncomfortable we then abandon ourselves we go to another place we dissociate from our bodies uh, you know in severe traumatic cases depending on the degree of trauma this is people with multiple personality disorder otherwise known as dissociative kind of uh, identity dissociative identity disorder all it is is it's very simple you encounter a child and you encounter something so terribly horrific that you leave your body and in order to survive you must create an identity a warrior-like identity a different type of identity to be able to handle that level of trauma but that identity stays with you and now you have this adaptive identity and maybe you went through another trauma and then in order to survive that you have to create another identity so when you go through trauma you literally dissociate into another reality that's why you have a couple of different personalities towards you depending on your day depending on the hour <laughs> if I come and talk to you or I look at you I'm I might meet with the angry rageful version of you or the shameful quiet one you know what I mean we have these different kind of personalities we all have that these are different identities we've assumed in order to adapt to certain traumatic events and depending on the degree of trauma that dissociation is real right so <clears throat> what happens is there's a cost to that there it's a very this is a very wise intelligent adaptation because there are sensations in the body that we don't know how to process and they're bubbling inside and they're incredibly painful they're incredibly uncomfortable there's there's a little bit of shame there there's a little bit of guilt there there's a little bit of whatever there and all of a sudden the split between that and that is a confusion because those feelings are there but then we don't know how to make sense of it so the so the brain is gonna look in the environment and look for reasons to explain those sensations and they'll come up with three failure uh, I'm never gonna I'm not safe I'm not good enough um, people are out to get me um, uh, they're stealing from me you're not trustworthy I don't trust you like it's these all stories that we come up with to explain the feelings because of that dissociation now people reach out to us all the time and go I've been struggling with anxiety for so many years I've tried everything this is why people come up and say I've tried everything and I'm like I, I know you have I've figured it out I've cracked the code but you can't you're a chiropractor you're outside of your scope of practice practicing pseudoscience I understand why the psychotherapy kind of 
collective would feel that way, just like they're bagging on the holistic psychologist who left her psychotherapy practice going, this shit doesn't work. <laughs> I'm going through a spiritual crisis. I got to figure my shit out. So she develops, she does a, discovers all this shit that we've been teaching, breath work, uh, inner child work. Uh, there's certain things she hasn't yet done um, that, that uh, I would love to teach her uh, about reconnecting with family members and connecting with primary uh, relationships of origin and healing those because when you do that you got your roots back you actually heal the part but, but I don't want to talk to my mother because of some horrible things See, I, I understand that part of you that wounded part of you doesn't want to talk to your mother but the healed part of you can see through your mother's behavior as a as a, as a wounded part of her and you can actually close the loop and break the cycle but that's that's a lot of work and your inner child your childlike state your wounded child doesn't want to do that work your ego is trying to protect that younger part of you from feeling anything so it rather not feel anything and just go do therapies and counseling and talk about it and do everything to actually avoid feeling it and talk about it and blame and and blame mom blame dad which is basically what the ego does to protect the wounded child from feeling and lo and behold you'll go 12 years in therapy and you haven't you still have anxiety because you're treating anxiety from a top here perspective when the anxiety itself is actually a body-based response to trauma and so the work if you just jumping on I'm so glad you have you got to go back and watch the beginning because um, I, I go into the foundations of why why we should have anxiety instead of looking at it as a as a disease or a disorder to treat it's it's a call to action and here's here's why here's why all of this makes sense anxiety I, I wrote this down I wanted you to see this anxiety um, the way that you heal anxiety the way that you heal it is by first understanding this question why do I have it in the first place okay and people are like when I come and work with you when we when you when we start working together like I'm afraid because I'm afraid of getting the anxiety because I'm afraid of the panic attacks now all of a sudden you become afraid of the anxiety if I start working on this will I get an increase in my anxiety symptoms this is the big fear because they're looking for a magic pill to get it away let me reframe the question for you. Um, you don't heal your anxiety by focusing on the anxiety. You heal your anxiety by going into all of those things that you don't want to talk about. We don't actually talk about anxiety at all when we work with you. The word anxiety doesn't even apply because we actually address the guilt and the shame we actually address the resentment all of the things all of the things that you've gone through the regrets the resentments that you have the heartbreaks the griefs the losses those things you don't really want to talk about we unpack those things and by allowing you to join back into those feelings and just 
kind of be with them and to sit with them and to understand them and to move them through your body, the guilt, the shame. That's all we're doing. We're just reconnecting you with those parts that you have run away from because of shame. The parts of you that you've been judging, that you don't even want to look at. That's why it's called heroic work. This is everything else is a bypass. You have to understand every other work you've been doing has been an actual bypass or a dissociation from actually dealing with the things that you don't want to talk about. Oh, I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to talk about that. I remember there was a, a person, a, a good fr somebody I know, whose father died when, you know, about 10 years ago. And we were talking and, you know, something was said and she got triggered. And um, I said, oh, and she got triggered, she got upset. And then I said, oh my gosh, like, I just realized what I said could have possibly triggered something about when your p father passed away. Like, I just acknowledged that. And all of a sudden, she lost it. I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to talk about that. And I was like, whoa, okay, got it, got it. And she deals with an excessive amount of anxiety. And when you think about it, those unresolved wounds are festering inside of you. There's a 10-year-old version of you who feels those feelings of what it was like to be, you know, touched by her brother or a little boy who was, you know, had a, a weird kind of experience, you know, relationship with somebody that he felt guilty about. And so the reason why I'm bringing this up is usually it has to do with shame usually with sexual trauma usually with infidelity the things that you don't want to talk about the things because of culture because of society the incest the um, uh, infidelity those things that you have an excessive amount of shame about that you don't want to talk about or think about and as i'm talking about it right now if it's been unresolved the shit's going to trigger the hell out of you and I don't even know you specifically. I'm not talking to you specifically, but I'm talking to every one of us. Those things that as I'm telling you, that's causing this internal reaction of trigger as I'm sharing it with you, that's the stuff that unaddressed causes anxiety. Anxiety is, is kind of like a gift, is those younger parts begging you to, to, to return back to them and not keep avoiding and abandoning them. Anxiety is necessary. It's not something to judge. It's something to embrace. It's something to learn how to listen to. Because anxiety is not something that someone's going to tell you and you go through a kind of like a program or a weekend or a workshop or crystals or some hypnotherapist or whatever and then all of a sudden it's gone, you know, with a coach. No, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't work that way. If I, let me give you an example. Diana is on her way back. She went to Victoria yesterday. She's coming back today. Let's say last night uh, I had somebody over and I had an affair on my wife. Okay? Now, after the affair is done, how am I going to feel? If I'm, a, if I'm not a complete sociopath who's also a, a, a tra traumatized individual, I'm not judging. I'm just saying they have had a complete sociopath simply is somebody so dissociated from their feelings because of trauma that they don't have access to guilt or shame they don't even feel it they're so dissociated from it but let's say I'm not that bad <laughs> and I do that and I slip up and I fuck up 
one night. How am I going to feel when I wake up? How am I going to sleep? Not very well because of guilt, right? I'm going to feel this incredible feeling of guilt, incredible feeling of shame. I'm going to be like, oh my gosh, what am I going to tell everyone? I just got married. I have my family all knows and I'm going to go through all of those emotions and they will feel incredibly painful, unbearable actually, wouldn't they? Now what happens? I have two options. Either feel them and address them and uh, like address them and say, hey, this is what happened and, and them or option number two, stuff them aside and just pretend like nothing's happening. And what happens is in about three, in about four or five hours, when Diana walks in and says, hi, baby, how am I going to feel when I've just stuffed it away? Literally, I'm dissociated from those feelings in order to keep pretending in this relationship. Does that sound familiar to you? Has this ever happened to you? Can you see this happening to you? So check this out. Diana walks in. I put on a mask to pretend like everything's okay. But deep down inside, there's this horrific feeling of guilt happening right here. But I have a mask over it. Anxiety is simply the chasm between reality, which is this, and what I'm putting up. Anxiety is a gift. Anxiety is your higher self trying to move you back into authenticity, trying to get you to address something that you're putting away because, it, because you're afraid of not having approval, because you don't know, because you don't... It's a tough one. It's a spiritual crisis. That's what anxiety is. It's not a disorder. I will, I can create, how do I know if it's a disorder or not? I'll tell you why I know it's not a disorder. It's perfectly ordered because I can make myself have anxiety just by going and having affairs right now. If I just go off and I start having affairs, I promise I'll have anxiety. Is that a disorder? Or is it a perfectly intelligent adaptation? worthy of us studying and understanding from a grassroots nervous system level. So what do you do? Well, this is what we're doing with our clients. You're giving us upon upon starting with us, I usually, you know, whether you do our workshops or, um, you know, you're in our program, I ask you, what's your intention? And they're like, oh, I want to learn. I'm like, no, 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 no. What's your real intention? Well, I have some guilt and shame about an affair. Ah, okay, good. So how long ago was that? Four years ago. So are you guys still together? Yes. What's your relationship been like since? Terrible. Well, no shit, huh? I wonder why. Because have you dealt with that? Have you? No, I haven't. I've just put it in a box. I've tried to be good. Like, okay, so you're still walking around with this shame and this guilt. And she's feeling disconnected from you. Ah, got it. Can you see that? The anxiety is not a disorder. It's actually a call. It's calling you to deal with the guilt and the shame, to feel it. How do you deal with it? To feel it fully, to allow yourself the full expression of it. But, but that's terrible. That's going to make me feel bad. Yes, I know. This isn't about feeling better. You have to get better at feeling 
That's how you overcome anxiety. The anxiety comes from a chronic dissociation. So we must have some sort of tools, some sort of strategy, some sort of a guidance beyond just being in the head and talk therapying it because it doesn't deal with the, the feelings and a felt sense level. Sometimes these feelings you're not even aware of. That's the crazy part. You're so good at dissociating and repressing, you'll say things like, I don't remember anything about childhood. I really don't have any memories of childhood. Everything was great. I, we hear that a lot as well. I just don't have memories. Trust me when I say we, we've hear, heard that from hundreds of people and this is this is the one thing that everybody gets when they learn to drop into feeling when you drop into feeling when you drop into sensation all of a sudden you're like oh yeah when i was younger this is what we've heard when i was younger i watched my uh my father kill my mother i'm like oh slip my mind okay great yeah so can you see how when she puts those feelings aside of the of a child experiencing horror and disgust what does she see later on anxiety but I don't have memories of childhood yeah I know you think you don't because the memories aren't here the memories are here anxiety is not a mental disorder it is a state of alarm in the body that we are so unaccustomed to feeling and we're so trying to avoid feeling that we go up into our heads and create stories to try to make sense of it and then we do all sorts of cognitive behavioral therapies which are here but they still don't address the feelings this is an epidemic and so a big part of that would be scarcity scarcity is another form of anxiety when you're younger you experience the scarcity it's like I mean each one of us I'm sure you have like my my father would recollect story would tell stories of how they had like six kids in the family had enough food for four of them at a meal you know what I mean that's scarcity trauma you know what does that feel like oh that's a horrible feeling so what do we do to try to not feel that well we hoard money we uh, spend money Ooh, that's a big one spending money oh I'm shopping ah that temporarily gives me a hit that takes away that scarcity feeling and then what happens we rack up credit cards and then we look and go oh my gosh I have scarcity see and now my beliefs are validated and this becomes an anxious loop again comes from feelings of a 10 year old who didn't have enough food at the dinner table to feed entire family and so a dissociation from that 10 year old creates a scarcity mentality so how do you heal that well you have to be willing to feel it you have to be willing to step up into deeper scarcity and swim in it <laughs> and I'm not saying just go spend money like go gambling gamble your money away so that you can swim in it I'm not talking about that although maybe that might work for you I don't know <laughs> okay if you were if I was guiding you what I would do you, you, many people are saying you know what I'd, I'd, I'd like to invest in working with you Dr. Nima but I have so like like I've lost my job I have this that in other 
another that old familiar scarcity stories coming up, right? And start off with scarcity city stories, and they tell me about money problems before starting to work with us. And before I did my own work on this scarcity, I used to really sympathize with them because I can definitely empathize. I mean, I, there isn't a, most human beings can empathize with the feeling of scarcity trauma, like memories when you 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 know you're a child, child bridge and there's nothing there bed hungry that's that's what I'm talking about right we can all relate to something like that um, what what I what I've noticed is once I cleared that once I not cleared that but what I worked with that and filled the cracks in the floorboard and went after the root cause of the scarcity mentality I invested in solving it so it meant that I would maybe spend money when I would spend money to solve it, I would make that intention. It's got to be with that intention. It can't be, it's got to be for that intention to heal the root cause of that. What I did was I went into deeper scarcity <laughs> I, so that I can experience the fear, right? Each time I invest in mentors, each time I invest in training, I check in and feel the scarcity. I allow myself to feel it and I also know where it comes from. It comes from that four-year-old who left Iran at the age of four suddenly because of religious persecution with the family. And we came and started all over with nothing. And I'm constantly told by my parents with scarcity, trauma, no, you can't have that. We can't afford. So that's been a conditioning. And so I've been working through that simply by observing the feelings while I invest in my vision. I invest in my vision while observing that because if I don't then I'm gonna wait for the scarcity feelings to go away before I take action but that never happens it never happens I don't nothing takes it nothing takes away the scarcity feelings not even if you win the lotto I've worked with people who are worth 200 million dollars and I'm like okay so what are we working on today it's like I feel like it's all gonna be taken away from me I'm like this motherfucker is worth $200 million. And, he, and I'm having a conversation with him about him thinking that it's all going to be going away. Um, and then I really got that it's got nothing dollar amount in your bank account. You can be making double as much as you, you are, but that doesn't take away the scarcity mentality and the scarcity trauma that's held in the body, which is a, a an, an adaptive form of anxiety from a younger part of you that you've fragmented from. So check this out. After I started healing that little four-year-old who felt lack of resource and saying, I'm here, you have everything you need, I got you, and I practice that and I got into my body and from those traumas I shifted the story cognitively and worked through them in my body all of a sudden that feeling of not enoughness was gone and so it's so weird you know what I mean it's like a bank banks don't lend you money unless you have money <laughs> if you don't have money banks don't lend you money it's just interesting point right but that's how the universe works and when I resourced myself and my younger parts with those feelings of scarcity 
and I change those stories in the body, all of a sudden, I started showing up less in work, less needy. I used to chase people constantly because I was in scarcity mentality. In your business, if you're chasing after clients, you're in your do, 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 doing. No matter how much you make, you're still chasing. It's always never enough. <laughs> then there's a scarcity trauma there to deal with. And it's wise for you to go after the root cause. Because when you do, all of a sudden you show up not, I'm not do, 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 doing. I'm showing up curious. You reach out to me. I'm like, hey, I'm curious. What's been stopping you? Oh, I'm curious where that comes from. I'm curious what you want to accomplish over the next six months. Cool. Well, then this is the path I'm walking on. This is the community that we're all doing this together. Would you like, you're welcome to join us. Like, and if not, okay, cool. We have other things, I've, other offers. Here you go. Like wherever you're at, like, where do you want to be? Like, what do you want to accomplish? We can walk the path with you. Like we're got, we're, this this amazing community of of people who we're all guiding each other up the mountain towards healthy secure attachments with relationships and with work because the scarcity mentality translates also into your personal relationship have you ever shown up needy as in a relationship guess what there's a scarcity of love in your body as a little child that didn't feel that they were had their needs met that didn't that had parents that didn't know how to fill that cup and so you're left to your own devices not knowing how to fill that cup constantly looking outside of you for that whether it's money whether it's women men attention likes followers whatever your poison is to try to fill that hole of scarcity and then you get it and then you're like fuck it's not it's not in her it's not in these five girlfriends that I'm dating I've you know it's not in this multi-million dollars that I've achieved it, it's not there I still still feel like there's not enough there's not enough for me I still I still feel not enough it's brutal it's the worst feeling around in a world of abundance like for example air <sighs> The way that I'm breathing dictates my level of scarcity. And if I'm living under that scarcity mentality, then I'm not taking deep inhales because my subconscious mind, which is my body, will tell my conscious, will, will tell me exactly what my, uh, my body will tell me what's the content of my subconscious mind and it's all in my breathing. So if I'm noticing my breath, take a moment and notice your breath. If you're noticing that you're not taking deep breaths in right now, then guess what? You're unconsciously holding on to scarcity trauma, which totally makes sense because 9% of people are as well. I was. I, I fall back into it. It's still that wounded part of me. The difference is I have self-awareness to see where I'm coming from. I won't get on a call with somebody if I'm dealing with that. I'll, ex I'll, I'll change uh, the conversation. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll reschedule or what I've noticed with the work is that I don't really feel that anymore. I feel pretty well resourced, loving what I do. I'm not in a stay, go, 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 hustle, hustle, hustle. I'm actually pretty relaxed. My wife, my wife and I live together. We take regular breaks to go walk the dogs, to make love, to 
whatever it is, we, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not like fucking hamster wheel like I used to be. And I'm, here's the weird part. I'm making more than I've ever had before. Not because, and I'm, and I'm doing less. It's weird when you do this stuff. When you take on this stuff and you resource the younger parts of you. And two years ago, I was doing well. I was constantly running a hamster wheel and this answers your question Aaron about abandoning self versus living your values. I am living my values right now. That's the whole purpose of this work is so that you can open up space, open up time to be doing what you love, to be spending time with who you love, to be uh, earning in prosperity and abundance, to be contributing in abundance, to be giving and receiving in abundance. I do these free uh, content each day. Like if you look back in the last month, you could probably see, I don't know, maybe I would say over 60 hours of free content, maybe 50 hours, excuse me, free content, just giving, I'm just giving in abundance, you know, and I don't have an expectation that you're going to give me anything. I just really love giving you. When you guys message me and go, your, tr your trigger-proof transmissions are changing my life, which, I've, which I'm hearing more and more lately, I'm like, thank you. That's all the receiving I want. And I'm not like pushy about it. I'm just like, here it is. Oh, we have an event coming up. We'd love for you to join us. The invitation is there. And there's this fair exchange that I feel with the universe. Like I have a contract with the universe that I start with my breath, that I take deep inhales because I'm worthy of receiving and I surrender the exhale because I love to contribute. And if I just focus and start there in my breath where the scarcity starts really in your breath and you accept abundance starting with your breath, you're training your nervous system to say, you know what, I'm worthy of receiving. First and then you start to act in ways where you're circulating resources towards the things that are highest on your value list, towards healing my things on highest on my value list is, is healing myself, my mental well-being, my physical and mental well-being. That's one of my highest values. Uh, teaching what I'm learning and discovering in that, that's another high value right these are very high values so I'm immersing myself in that I'm sharing my gifts according to my highest values and I have a contract with the universe that as long as I am constantly investing in my own growth in those things if I just invest in those things and give abundantly from what I discover in those things I'll be able to keep this party going and so far touch wood it's going pretty well and which then feeds me so much more which then makes me feel a lot more inspired has me feeling a lot more inspired so then I show up for you a lot more with an open heart and then show you wait shit that's there's more is possible for me because if Nima can do it I can do it too I just got to learn how to regulate my nervous system and go reconnect with those parts of myself I fragmented from because of trauma and learn how to get into the feeling state of those those younger parts of myself so that I can then self-soothe, self-regulate and then co-regulate with others in a community that are doing it as well and then all of a sudden the level of my conversations, the level of my outlook, 
the level of possibility starts to go because you're hanging out with the right people and you're digesting the right content in your and in your eyes instead of going into CNN and constantly negative news talking about the whole soap opera with Donald Trump which I got to admit is can be amusing you're now putting the content in your mind that's going to bring you back into yourself so living according to your highest values Aaron you keep asking about that specifically I want to address your attachment style where you're living according to your values your partner was all about family and you were like no that's not according to my values I don't want to do that how do you know if you're living according to values and self-abandoning well you could be doing both at the same time okay you could be doing both you could be living according to your values and self-abandoning at the same time let me give you an example for the last several years I've been teaching I've been a teacher during my time when I was with my last girlfriend uh, I was teaching living according to my highest values yet I was self-abandoning at the same time I had standards I had uh, uh, I had desires needs wants that I was abandoning because of fear it wasn't on purpose it was because I was afraid I didn't feel worthy of love so I was not resourced enough to go out and take care of myself I was co I was in a codependency and I was loving what I was doing as far as work in fact because I was living my values I was using that as a justification of self-abandonment so self-abandonment you could be living according to your values in at work but you could be self-abandoning in terms of um, like your level of relationship you're giving up yourself you're not you're 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 not setting boundaries okay and so in your situation where you had a woman who loved family and you didn't like family it just meant that having a relationship wasn't the highest priority for you at the time because if it was if you had a higher value on relationship at the time which I believe right now it's changed okay because now relationship has gone higher you have business is the top Aaron relationship is second or you know whatever third once that is high enough like I've met Diana and the relationship became a higher value for me because it was a void for so long and I was like alright I want to I want to master this secure attachment soon as relationship became high on my priority list I I I knew what my highest values were I communicated them to her she communicated her values, which was quality time with me, present quality time with me. So there's times where, okay, because she's important to me, I'm going to pay attention to what her needs are. And I might not like flowers or gardens, but guess what? I'm going to take her there because relationship is high on my value list. And as long as I can connected with myself and I can be conscious and aware that I get to provide a win-win situation and make do something that's gonna make my partner smile then I win as well so it's not really a self-abandonment for me to do something for her it's actually very high on my value list 
right? And that's a very obvious thing. We all know we all know that. Um, and and maybe I, I I might not have answered it properly for you, but I really want you to get it at your core. When you're living according to your values, you are, you know, there's 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 no nobody has to inspire you. You don't have to tell. Oh, you please Nima could you please just do a Facebook live please God could you, nobody's got to remind me because I'm constantly thinking hey what do you guys want to know I'm asking you questions so that I can keep serving you and contributing to you right that's a high value for me and um, there have been times where I was about to do a Facebook live and I was really tired I thought I was gonna do it because I said that I would I had promised at a certain time but then I canceled last minute because I checked in and I was like no, no I'm tired if I were to do a Facebook live for you right now but I was exhausted and wanting to throw up but because I promised that I'm gonna be doing this at 2 30 p.m. I did it anyway that would be a form of self-abandonment you just gotta check in you gotta be when you're living your purpose your mission highest values you're aware of the pleasure and the pain you know you understand the wounds that are that are that are driving you to do this like I'm very prone to the wounding that I've gone through that made it important for me to stand up and talk about health talk about healing talk about transformation talk about creating secure attachments then I'm very I, I, I feel very in alignment right and so just be aware of the values of other people in your life and schedule your time accordingly and have people feel your presence that you are just as committed to helping them get to where they want to go as you are as you are to helping you get to where you want to go that's how you create healthy relationships hopefully that was that was useful for you and the susceptibility uh, to what others are, are feeling and thinking. Oh, let me talk about important routines as well. So, Caleb, for you to have uh, a, a firm grasp on uh, a, a your anxiety, which this is answers Aaron's last questions about schedules, habits, routines. You've been listening to the Trigger Proof Podcast, designed to teach you the most important skill necessary for a dramatically changing world which is nervous system regulation becoming trigger proof doesn't mean trigger less it means learning how to regulate ourselves to bring us back to center so that we can then be governed by our purpose rather than from our wounds anytime there's reactivity there's a wound and if you're curious and inspired to learn more, join us at Breathwork and Badassery or the Overview Experience and a combination of both actually helps you do the work. There's a difference between listening to a podcast and actually showing up live and doing the work with a badass community who's all about breaking cycles of intergenerational trauma. It didn't start with you but it can end with you if you're willing to do the work. See you at the next perfect time. ...is to set up a series of habits and rituals and routines that consistently reconnect you back to your heart. It doesn't matter what to do. The book um, Miracle Morning, Hal Elrod talks about, spends every morning, you got to do seven things, silence, affirmation, visualization, exercise, reading, and writing, journaling. Caleb, you just 
began our program last week. So in the first modules of your program, you're going to get all of that information. And you're going to try to figure out, instead of doing it exactly as I outline it, you're going to work out a routine that helps you. For me, listening to my mission statement, closing my eyes, which I have it on my uh, on my on my calls, uh, sorry, on my um, voice memos. When I listen to it, I drop the feeling of it into my body. That's a ritual. That's a habit. That's a routine for me because I want to get my future self in my body. Instead of a thought here, I'm living my future self in my body. Like right now, a future self version of me is traveling around the world, uh, teaching, um, sharing the stage with some really people that I've really looked up to, uh, being interviewed on television shows, podcasts, writing a book, doing a tour. That's here. But what's happening is I can actually drop it here and talk to you from that place. I'm speaking to you from the voice of that future self right now okay that becomes a habit a ritual and a routine okay and I keep doing it, my future starts to unravel in the exact way that I've wanted my song was Billie Eilish's song everything I did because I just realized after doing this for two years I literally have touch wood everything I've ever wanted really and um, it's all because I had the courage to go back and feel uncomfortable feelings first join there not bypass that Benz's work is amazing he just bypasses joining that younger self he says it's not important to, to focus on that our my, my that's half true my work focuses on joining that individual and then from that place of resourcing the self with the inner child together you do the Joe Dispenza so my method Includes some of his, includes Demartini's, Byron Katie's, put, puts an inner child, puts it all together, plus breath work, and you have the most comprehensive, leading edge, top down, bottom up approach to healing. And here's the best part we actually get you to address all of those things you've been avoiding, which is what's causing you anxiety. So there's actual action steps. So we get your physical body in the action of healing. And um, it's, it's not easy. And it's critical like you can't skip that step and I'm not you know I, I don't I'm not gonna suggest that you have to go with us because I'm not the right fit for everybody we do interviews with people to make sure it's the right fit we're not the right fit for everybody but when you are this is the thing that works because it's you doing the work it's not me you're guiding you you're the hero of the journey so um, yes all things won't go away perfect so the importance of routines and last question the susceptibility of what others think of us once I have healed hey I'm glad that you love this Beth once I have healed from those younger parts of me that have abandoned I've abandoned uh, Kathy you asked this question susceptibility to what others are feeling and thinking that starts you got to understand where that began that started in childhood when you had a mother or father that you had to kind of take care of and be a good girl and and put on a face so that you could get their approval um, which is a lot of times that's how we were raised that who we are for our beingness is not you know is not validated so we have to put on a mask and be attuned to what other people are thinking and feeling become the empath and 
become the pleaser and in so doing we abandon ourselves well that's chronic trauma chronic uh, pattern chronic conditioning it's not going to go away overnight and the way that you heal that is you go back and return to those younger parts that you abandoned and you connect to what they feel so here's the cool part about it when you get the part right Kathy you can use your empathy skills as a superpower rather than a crutch so when I did that you know all of the empathy skills that I had have now gone through the roof because I can empathize with you we're on a call together let's say I can empathize with you without abandoning myself I can empathize to your feelings I can empathize to your thoughts but I still have mine grounded and I trust those first it's a very powerful thing life experience changes when you have that this is the most important skill we can have in interpersonal relationships because without it we don't have intimacy we don't have intimacy because the person that you're with you because you're busy putting a mask which is the cause of anxiety so creating a habit and a routine which consistently through methodologies brings you into your felt sense state joining yourself and your younger self from wherever age you were with that fracture empathizing joining self-soothing reparenting that version of you bringing them up into your current reality and then creating a future in your thoughts and dropping it into feeling and speaking and acting and moving from that place over time inevitably synchronicities you will have everything you want you just have to be courageous enough to uh, believe you deserve it courageous enough to rejoin with the parts of you that think you don't deserve it <laughs> to empathize with those parts of you without stepping over them consistently you actually let's deal with that shame let's deal with that guilt let's deal with this the, the anxiety of whatever fracture or incongruency lie or whatever it is that you've uh, have in your soul and uh, healing takes takes place why do it uh, in a community and to have a guide and a mentor walk you through that path and this is not about having psychotherapy credentials you want to do you want to go not with somebody necessarily with a degree because many people go to psychotherapists to, to to answer that but those are all antiquated methodologies that under the guise of evidence-based but they're just cognitive psychotherapists don't get training in inner child work uh, not usually not traditionally um, and so there's there's some apps there and so you're wiser to find guides not heroes you're the hero Hopefully that was useful and we'll see you at the next perfect time.